you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On a network that covers more roads than any other carrier. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. The Around the NFL podcast is 25% cute boy. (laughs) Welcome back. It's happening to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by a room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and yes, cute boy, Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. Hey, cute boy. This is starting to get some legs. I don't really. Greg, I apologize. I did not know it would uh, come to this. Uh, I feel like the whole podcast the last four or five years was leading to that moment. <laughs> I, I, I found it delightful. <laughs> um, yes. It is the end of the first week of free agency. Things are maybe slowing down a little bit, uh, but there's still some big storylines out there. What's the biggest storyline out there as of taping Greg Rosenthal? Indomitian Sue visiting with the Saints, but just where, where he'll land. Between him and Sheldon Richardson honey and, and Honey Badger, those still three big-name free agents that got to pick teams. You, anything uh, side of uh, Kissing Cousins? I'm very annoyed. About what? Uh, I learned recently that after working here for, what, seven, eight years? I don't even know when Too we long. began. I mean, thousands upon thousands of authored articles, columns, yeah. uh, tweets covering the sport that I was denied – entry into the Pro Football Writers of America with a Whoa. strongly worded email saying that I simply have not really accomplished anything that would fall into their guidelines. So not sure what else I need to do. This is some breaking news Wait, right here. I thought... Whoa. I don't know. I guess I'll just... Sessler denied. I'll, I'll just keep writing. I'll keep trying. By football cognoscenti. Yep. They said I thought not, the not reason us. for your denial was because you worked for this company. They don't uh, allow anyone that I'm not works. sure what the reason is. I, I find it offensive, whatever the reason is. <laughs> well, the, the, the email you showed us said the reason was they don't allow NFL employees. I think they run. use that as some sort of a, hey, uh, like, hey, I have a, a medical issue that you can't complain kind of thing. Yeah. Throw that into the email. I think the subtext was mm. you aren't a real journalist Go in ahead. our eyes. We all went to journo school. You want to keep it real? Let's keep it real. Go ask Mike Silver if he's in the... Exactly. Football Writers Club He's of America. not, because they don't allow NFL employees. <laughs> Ask Ian Rappaport. I thought I could have brought a lot to the table there. Um, some no, I'm transcriptions saying, Greg, during events. you think you know. I was but once I'm saying somebody should ask and see what the answer is. I was once a member of uh, the Pro Football Writers Association for a few years before I worked here. 
And yeah, I think the bar is pretty much just can you pay the $30 fee? Because there's lots of, you know, I think if you just have a blog, a low-level website, like you can be anyone and join it. Apparently not. I don't think well, they're, they're too choosy. I'll write another 8,000 articles and see if maybe they uh, you know, redefine their stance on this. It is indeed a rule that you cannot be a member while working for this company, but I do like your ability to suss out all, you know, weed through all that and, and know that they would not accept you regardless. They would not. No. no. That, no that, they, and that's really the spirit. They of were in a little room and probably 18 or 19 journals just chuckling at my letter. <laughs> That's exactly and how I, rem- I will remember it now. <laughs> remember the, the uh, website, I think it was Fire Joe Morgan, where they would yeah. take uh, somebody's bad column, some of the bad take, and then just piece by piece take it apart? <laughs> they probably had your letter up on a projector, and oh. they're all just, uh, just laughing, mm. uh, drinking whiskey. Having a women grand old everywhere. time with it. Right. No, it's obviously a buffet. Sure. And, uh, Have you thought about figures. reapplying and showing them that Joe Thomas retirement banger that you did a great job with the other day? I don't Maybe think, they would reconsider. I don't think it would. I don't know if it would do anything. I don't think it's up to snuff. I don't think it would for do the, anything. For, for the pro football club of no, America? No. No. Why do you want to be in that club anyway? I just wanted to see. Thought writers it might be Association. Nice. Thought it might be nice. I just Why wanted did, to expose the fact that they wouldn't let him in. The Fancy Pants Writers Club. Like, what What do you actually get besides paying dues? There was a night when I had a few beers in me, and I thought, I'm just going to apply for this thing and see what happens. Why did and you sign up, Greg? You get a free friendship with Gary Myers. I mean, at the time, I was working at NBC and before Pro Football Talk, just because I didn't know anyone, essentially, to just meet people and stuff like Networking. that. I just, I guess. Hard pass. I don't see I, out of that. I didn't last. It's a room full of uh, with whiskey and women, Dan. It you, sounds like you would be. It's yeah. literally the opposite of that. <laughs> it sure. is the most depressing room probably in the business. Who knows? We won't know. It's like a 1950s television show inside of a club. Denied. Right. Okay. Sorry about that, Mark. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe in the future. You never know what the future holds. A uh, lot to talk about, so we're going to go through – a whole list of news. Maybe for fun, we'll throw in some winners and losers uh, of the first week in free agency, uh, if you have any. Uh, and uh, more the trade tsunami struck again. Just great tragedy, great casualties. Uh, 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 just can't take it anymore. You just want the tsunami to stop at this point. I read on a, a political website that they they heard that the, the wave of Democrats coming this year in the House of Representatives might turn into a tsunami. So the tsunami is now going outside of the realm of football <laughs> and across the country into politics and everything else. So wow. you have en- enhanced a word? Yes, I take It's like Dan bringing the Howard Dean scream back. <laughs> Brought that back <laughs> big time. You know, Greg, I did hear people in the uh... – our other newsroom over on the other building, talking about you. There's only the one newsroom. The, okay, the the Edit Bay area, <laughs> yes. which we often call the newsroom, uh, talking this about Greg Rosenthal. He he called this trade tsunami. I heard a couple guys chattering about it. They said, that's crazy. He called it that. Now everyone's using it. There you go. You it's first. spread across the campus to the other building on our, on our lot. Be- Isn't it cute that the other building calls their room the newsroom? That's adorable. It'll be on my tombstone. You've created a tsunami. <laughs> Nothing personal against you, Lindsay. You've oh, created a tsunami of hype about tsunami. <laughs> it's basically just the room where, like, Sheck has turned into his own personal playground. I think it's, it's not more, a lot of news. I think it's more because Total Access is, like, up to the second news, and they do a lot of news over there. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm up for a fight. I'm, no, I'm I got saying. a dog I'm, in this fight. I'm out for dishing out some of the it. articles we write, so you guys over there will send it <laughs> over to uh, Tim Posey's way to write. Sully, he can write a few articles. See how that goes. Let's do some news. Louisiana, by the way, in New Orleans, is back. And this shows the whole world. We're back. We're back. 
Mars Bar. Ah, Tom Benson, the longtime owner of the New Orleans Saints. Uh, that was uh, what he said at on the riser at Super Bowl 44 when the Saints, just a couple of years after Katrina, hoisted the Lombardi. Uh, Benson passed away on uh, Thursday at the age of 90 uh, from natural causes. Uh, Benson also uh, was the owner of the New Orleans Pelicans of the NBA. Uh, but this was an influential figure both in the NFL uh, Greg and in the Louisiana uh, area in general. This was a, this was a giant in New Orleans. Yeah, he doesn't get much more New Orleans than him. He grew up in a shotgun house in the Seventh Ward. Had no money. Built up his fortune through owning banks and and car dealerships. And he was complicated, uh, like a lot of New Orleans people had a, had a <laughs> character. There were certain times that New Orleans was pretty upset with Tom Benson. But there were, you know, back in '85. One thing I didn't really realize was, you know, from the moment he took over the team, they basically got a cent much better. Uh, through his hiring uh, of gen- a general manager uh, who ended up hiring uh, Jim Mora, certainly through the decisions after Katrina, after that tough season with Jim Hazlitt, to make a very tough decision to fire Jim Hazlitt when he was beloved, who he had won the only playoff game in Saints history and really steered them through a tough season, fired Jim Hazlitt anyways and wound up hiring uh, Ch- Sean Payton, which led to all this success. So a complicated guy, but like, but a very memorable uh, owner and in a league full of guys who know how to handle their business, he was the head of the finance committee for a long, long time. So even among people who are shrewd negotiators and businessmen, they were the guy. He was the guy that they looked to to negotiate their deals. People today, if you're thirty something years old, you have no distinct memory of how awful you people don't understand. He, I, I'm one of them because I was. This is before I became a football fan. The Saints were the dregs of the NFL forever. And for as great as Peyton and Eli Manning have, have, have been for their teams, the Archie Manning suffered through hell with those old Saints teams. And, and when I became like a Browns fan in 86, the following season, I was making my little summertime football magazine. Little. And I started to, you know, you'd, you'd start to glean information from like USA Today and newspapers. And like this Saints team, this 87 Saints team is coming in hot. And so in my little predictions, I was like, I'm going to pick them to win the division, which was crazy because... The Niners were in that division mm, back then. NFC West. Yep. And Cleveland opened the 87 season against the Saints. And I spent months terrified that Cleveland was going to go 0-1. And they got dropped by the Saints. And the strike hit that year. But the Saints went 12-3. and And the one memory I have of Tom Benson, and it's, it's been played a billion times since, because that season, when they went 12-3, and was one of the biggest things that had happened in football in decades. And Tom Benson, a much younger guy, was dancing around with his little umbrella. The Benson back boogie. Yep, and it was that became famous that season. I was like, who is this guy? He's a crazy man. I like him. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Benson, dead at the end, age of 90. Moving on. What, what's up, Greg? What's up, Wes? Just move, moving on. He thinks there's been enough Tom Benson coverage. You know, when, when on a, our network, there when an owner when an owner, an owner dies, the owners own the network. Right. So I think when an owner dies, the owners get a lot of attention. I think it's fair to say. Fair to say, Gail Benson. The, the kind of the football of it all is Gail Benson. His third wife takes over the team immediately. It's already been approved. So and there was a lot of controversy around the family a couple of years back. Was that squared away, or is that something that's still going on? 
that the Gail Benson and, and Tom Benson won a lawsuit against uh, basically the rest of Tom Benson's family, including his grandchildren, some children. It's pretty ugly mm. uh, lawsuit. And so they're kind of out of the business. And Gail Benson is now running the Saints and the Pelicans. Hmm. Uh, moving on, the Oakland Raiders are continuing to retool. They have signed Jordy Nelson, the veteran wide receiver who was cut earlier this week by the Green Bay Packers. A rap sheet reports it's a two-year deal worth $15 million, 13 of that guaranteed. James Jones, former Packers wideout, actually <laughs> broke this news. Probably ruffled some feathers inside the building. Uh, and to make news for, make room for Nelson, the Raiders released Michael Crabtree. Uh, Crabtree hits the street. Maybe not for long, though, because the Ravens, we reported earlier this week uh, that they had uh, agreed uh, with a deal with former Redskins receiver Ryan Grant. That fell through because of a medical issue, and now the um, Ravens are hot for Crabtree. So we'll see how long uh, he stays on the market. Your thoughts on this move, Wes, or these moves? Well, it seems from reading the Las Vegas Review Journal over the last few months, they've consistently reported that Crabtree's roster spot was in jeopardy uh, because he was basically a headache in the locker room last season. So it, it seemed to me that they were looking for a reason to cut ties with him, and Jordy Nelson became the reason. They didn't want to let him out the door, agreed to a two-year deal with him, and we'll see who's got more left in the tank this year between Jordy and Crabtree. I'd take Crabtree. It's a lot. They gave him $13 million guaranteed for Jordy Nelson. Maybe he's their slot receiver, and he has a different future than he really had in terms of how he played in Green Bay, which was primarily on the outside. James Coe sent out a tweet just showing how much separation Jordy had been getting as a slot receiver when they moved him inside in Green Bay. So maybe he can kind of remake who he was because he definitely has lost a lot of foot speed and it's the type of signing that, that bad teams make as veterans on the other side of the hill. Well, and it's Reggie McKenzie and the other people he knows inside the Raiders front office saying, oh, we'll dump Crabtree, who might be a better receiver at this point, for just a guy that we know in Jordy Nelson. I want to I find out one thing, though, from the Ravens' angle. You show me what's wrong with Ryan Grant's body. Show me. Well, they wouldn't be able to avoid the deal if he was healthy. I'm, I want to know. I want to know yeah, but what's actually wrong with Ryan Grant, who's never missed an NFL game. This, this is, feels super fishy to me. This Sorry. Is on, this is on Mark's radar, it being the Ravens. And it does seem a little fishy. He's never missed a game in his career. And there are some people who, who would say and there's a lot of gray area in teams' physicals. And you could probably find a reason to fail a guy for a lot of reasons if you really – if you are motivated to do so. So and, people are saying that the Ravens not only – released him just because they wanted Crabtree, but because they, didn't release they think, him. They, they, just, think yeah. they already have Crabtree in the bag and he's a guy they wanted all. That doesn't make sense to me. I don't, it, it I don't came down. Some accusations here against your Ravens who you don't like, Mark Famous. No, I just, I, I, well, I do like Ozzie Newsom a lot. So I mean, he's never missed yeah, an I'm, NFL no. game, so that that's part I just want to know. I just say, all I say, show me the body part that's not up to snuff for the Baltimore Ravens. Show me the body part. Don't you think that he would be speaking out angrily, Ryan Grant, if that was the case? He's he's still around. He may still speak. Well, we'll track the story. We're a news podcast for the NFL. It shows that John Gruden's words in terms of praise don't mean a lot because in February, quote, Crabtree is a big reason I was excited to get here. And it's not like that was like that. That's necessarily a lie or anything, but it just shows these quotes publicly. How are people going to deal with the five and eleven mean. John Gruden led Raiders? That's on your radar too. You're on fire today, Mark. No, I just think that I think it's fire like it this assumption that they're going to go 12 and four and win that division. I don't think anybody's big assumption. That. It's not a good looking roster right now. No, 
Yeah, I think the Gruden's here. He's bringing excitement. They're trying to get back on track, but I don't think anybody has them locked in to go back to the Super Bowl. It's a, it's a classic straw man scenario that I'm raising. <laughs> Doug Martin's also on the team. How about that? Uh, Doug Martin, uh, who washed out with the Bucks after a couple of dreadful seasons and a suspension for uh, drug use, uh, 29 years old, but he gets a deal. Now, I know Greg's getting hot in the pants because he has sandwich props on Marshawn Lynch getting cut, but Mike Silver of NFL Media, who's a man in the know when it comes to Bay Area uh, football, uh, says that is not happening. Yeah, it looks like I'm going to lose that sandwich uh, proposition. In it's Martin, a long offseason. Yeah, well, it, it has to be by the, the end of the month, so okay. it has to happen fairly mm. soon. Doug Martin, for the price he's at, why not take a swing? But when Gruden said, "I'm going to bring, well, let's bring it back to 1998, he wasn't, he wasn't just saying that. Not with these players necessarily, but with his approach, their first signings were a pair of blocking tight ends, re-signing Lee Smith and getting another one, Derek Carrier, who they paid pretty good money, and signing a fullback or two, I believe. I think at least one where they told Keith, Gruden told Keith Smith from the Cowboys, like, get ready because we're putting a lot on you. And that's the fullback. So he's going blocking tight ends, fullback. He's trying to zig a little bit while the rest of the league is zagging, which well, isn't please. necessarily a terrible idea. I think if you're a Raiders fan, you have to be, you know, heartened that your head coach is playing Jeff Fisher football. <laughs> well, it reminds me when he was in Tampa, they would always sign these big names kind of towards the end of their career. It's not too different from what Al Davis used to do in Oakland, like big names, championship like type of guys that have done it before. It didn't really work for John Gruden in Tampa. By the way, we got to find a way to get Michael Crabtree. Forget about this Raven stuff. Get him in the NFC West. We need a little keep to leave Crabtree round three. Some, just a fight to the death. Why not? Why not? Like Roman times. Bring it back. Thumbs up, thumbs down. You know the deal, Mark. Thumbs up. I could see you as a king deciding the fate of slaves. Eh, that feels I like a lower level job in that castle. <laughs> kind of just hide out. Uh, moving on, the Miami Dolphins made a surprise move on Thursday, uh, releasing their longtime center, Mike Pouncey. Um, and they wasted no time filling that hole by trading with the 49ers for Adam Kilgore, uh, who I guess was deemed expendable there uh, because of a they signed uh, Danny Kilgore. Danny Kilgore. Old, old Danny. No one calls him Danny. I just made that up. Dan, Dan Kilgore. Dan, Dan. Daniel. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> the 49ers made a signing of signing the former uh, Giants uh, interior lineman, which led to, I guess, Kilgore being expendable, but they just gave him an extension. I don't really know what the Niners are doing. I, they're building a great team, and they got a great young quarterback, but they're, they have, their free agency plans are weird. Anyway, Pouncey is a free agent. Uh, your thoughts, Mark? Not as weird as the Dolphins' free agency plans, which, I mean, I think they're an easy target, and it's easy just to fire off on the Dolphins for what they've done over the last uh, week or so. But you replace Jarvis Landry with Albert Wilson and Danny Amendola, you replace Nadamik and Sue with essentially Robert Quinn, and you've replaced a Pro Bowl center. You just let, he wants his release, so he's gone, and you replace him with a guy that wasn't a starter a couple years ago. I think if you're a Dolphins fan, you're sitting out there saying, hit me with the PR pitch on why this season coming up is a fun one that I should get galvanized for as a human. Well, they signed Josh Sitton. There you go. That's Another your pitch. Another interior lineman. That's your pitch. He's Road Raider. Well. 
He's played well. Road grader. I don't have problem with Is road grader out? Remember when everybody used to call interior linemen road graders? You don't hear it as much. Let's bring it back. If you have to use guard or something over and over in in an article, you might hit road grader like paragraph four. (laughs) Earth mover. This this move by the 49ers signing a guy who in your press release, you touted him as one of the future, the leaders of our organization and a future leader. And then they traded him a month later is I almost give them credit for this. It's something I've, that's ne- I've never heard of it before. They structured the contract in such a way where there was no signing bonus. It's almost as if they knew this was a possibility and then they, fa- they found an upgrade. So in a sense, it was kind of a low risk move that they locked in the guy they liked at a, at a price that was apparently tradable got an upgrade, and then were able to deal him away. Now, they didn't really give him, get anything for him. They just kind of dumped him. But I've never heard of such a thing. Kyle Shanahan has very strong opinions on several positions. He saw it with Kyle Juszczyk last year. He wants a chess piece at fullback. He saw it with Jarrett McKinnon. And he also spoke in very specific glowing terms about the center position and what it means in his offense. And I think they targeted Weston Richburg as a guy who can allow them to do many more different things than Daniel Kilgore. Well, think about it. He had Alex Mack in Cleveland, and then Atlanta, with Atlanta, they made a big pitch, and they got Alex Mack, and that helped that line a lot. And I can't kill the Dolphins for cutting Pouncey, who's made some Pro Bowls, but also, for what it's worth, was ranked very low in pro football focus last year, has also had suspensions, has had injuries. Uh, last we heard, he had a framed picture of Aaron Hernandez in his base. Well, they're talking culture. So they, these are all these yeah. are all tricky things. Was yeah. Incognito's right hand man in the so the like scandal? actually that, not a great guy. That, maybe that seems that seems okay. Whenever you have the chance to sign a Aaron Hernandez truther to a multi million dollar contract, you got to do it. Leap leap on that. Well, he's out there, right? He, by the no way, no one signed him yet, right? I think he'll Correct. end up getting a, a saucy contract though, because there's no offensive lineman. Yeah, Center's I agree. Team. I agree. Uh, Vontae's perfect. Speaking of suspensions, he is facing a four game ban for use of uh, PEDs. Perfect is appealing. Uh, this is just the latest alleged transgression uh, for perfect, who has long been an issue for the Bengals, despite being a high quality linebacker. Yeah, I mean, on top of this is the third suspension, the first PED related one, but NFL uh, Research sent out a extensive list of the varied infractions of Burfick's career dating back to 2013. He has been fined hundreds of thousands of dollars, and these include such issues as ankle twisting, spearing, striking a player in the groin, flipping the middle finger to fans, leg stomping. Uh, shall I go on? I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, every, keep it's, going. It's endless defenseless player hits. I mean, it's stuff we've seen during the playoff game with the Steelers. Nonstop chicanery from this guy. If My ever favorite. there was a guy born to play in a league with Vince McMahon, it's the guy who's a mid-1980s wrestling heel, Vontez Burfitt. This is my favorite list from Sessler since 50 adjectives to describe the Cowboys' defense. I mean, he created the list. Back in, like, 2014. Well, it's almost as if he was playing, like, suspension bingo, and PDs was, <laughs> right. like, the last, the last thing to check mm. off. Well, Rap Sheet reported that the Bengals can get out of this contract, which includes $11.3 million in guarantees, if if Burfick loses the appeal on this, so it's not, he's been a difference maker on the field. Whenever he's out on one of these annual suspensions, the Bengals' defense falls apart, and whenever he comes back, they get a lot better real quick. But I don't. How long do you? They've been enabling this guy for his entire career. How long do you continue to enable him? Right, they've been his champion through all this nonsense. Well, he could he could 
potentially land in Oakland where there was a very unconfirmed report that he was going to get traded to Oakland. That proved to be untrue. But that Paul is Gunther, where, that is where former, Paul Gunther yeah. is. So. Gunther. Makes a little sense. And John Gruden loved him some Vontas perfect on Monday Night Football last year. Another Browns trade. This time they send cornerback Jason McCourty to the Patriots um, for, well, they swap seventh round picks. So the Browns move up a little bit. Is that they got New England the, six, I believe. So uh, essentially, like it would be around. like in the in the Patriots get their Browns seventh. So it's like going to be two or three picks it away was from each other in the sixth round. It was the lowest possible compensation. So the yeah, uh, well, they they released him initially, and then the Patriots before the transaction struck, the Patriots called up and said, "We want a second pair of twins on our roster. We will take Jason McCourty." McCourty fills uh, the void left by Malcolm Butler. Also was according to PFF the number 17 cover corner in the league last year. So the Browns in two days lose their left tackle and their best cornerback. Why, Mark? Was there something we don't know about McCourty? Well, I think because they signed TJ Carey and Terrence Mitchell at cornerback and Demarius Randall at safety. And it's typically, I just think it's like a new front office saying, we don't like any of your old players. We're just going to rotate in new ones. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was very surprised by this because I thought McCourty played at a Pro Bowl level and maybe the best season he's ever had. I don't, I don't get why they did it he, either. It, it, it's like the year before when everybody spent the whole season saying, why did we get rid of Joe Hayden? He still had plenty left in the tank. Mm-hmm. And now you're going to have the same regrets again this year. Well, and he was making virtually, he was making $3 million, which is an amazing bargain for anyone that plays 900 snaps for you. Dorsey said he told McCourty that there was a good chance he wasn't going to make the roster. So that out of respect for him, they were going to cut him now, which is strange That's and odd. then totally phony because he totally showed a lack of respect by ultimately choosing McCourty's destination on a very cheap contract where McCourty could have maybe gotten more money or at least chosen where he wanted to go. He, him and his brother have said they've wanted to play together, so I don't think he's that disappointed, but yeah. Enough with the, like, I respect him so much, I'm going to fire him and then not fire him. In other Cleveland news, uh, Tyrod Taylor was introduced as their new quarterback. In fact, their new starting quarterback after Taylor spoke, Hugh Jackson uh, uh, backed his QB saying, quote, he's going to be the starting quarterback. There is no competition. Is that a truth or is that a lie, Mark? I mean, they they were tweeting out what Ryan Pace said when they signed Mike Glennon last year, and it was the exact same quote. I think Hugh Jackson doesn't want to deal with another rookie, but give me a break. I mean, all of this could completely crumble and change. <laughs> I, I just find it. I, well, I don't Hugh even Jackson know. changes quarterbacks every other hour. What's I don't he even talking about? right. Why do you even say this? I mean, except he just said it in a very confident way. Like there's no there's no competition this time around. We'll see. That oh. that's strange. Like why is there? Why would there ever not be a competition? In any position, what, maybe what he is just the, thought that Tyrod's self-esteem could use a little, a little boost, but it seemed unnecessary, superfluous. It, it wasn't necessary. You're right. Uh, are the Browns better than they were three weeks ago, Mark Sessler? I think so. I think so too. The Tom, uh, Joe Thomas being gone leaves a huge hole. And they don't McCordy, have an answer for that one. I don't quite get the McCourty thing, but no. Tyrod is a huge upgrade, uh, so they should be better. Uh, moving on, the Seattle Seahawks and make a move. Uh, they sign Ed Dixon. So there you go, the replacement for Jimmy Graham, Wes. I like it. He he doesn't have the name that Jimmy Graham 
does, but he played really well last season. And whereas he really struggled to catch the ball with anybody within a, a few feet distance of him early in his Ravens career, uh, he's gotten more consistent since since he landed in Carolina and now going on to Seattle. I think he's he's a good signing. And in other Seahawks news, Richard Sherman, as this might not come as a surprise, gentlemen, but Sherman is beginning to speak out about uh, the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, he said uh, in a interview with your boy, Mark, Joe Thomas, uh, as well as Andrew ha- uh, Hawkins on the Tomahawk podcast. Uh, oh, I get it. Tama for Thomas and Hawkins. Hawk. There it is. Show's doing very well. Not bad. Not bad. Anyway, Richard Sherman said he thinks part of the problem, and apparently there's a problem in Seattle, is that Pete Carroll's message is getting stale to the vets. Uh, the idea that there's a college mentality in place after four guy, four years, you shuttle guys out no matter what. Here's what else he had to say. I think at the end of the day, it just became an issue of devaluing core players, you know, players that, that, that are playing at a high level and, and really being curious about younger players and, you know, curious about the unknown. You know, that they say maybe, maybe this guy is going to be the next guy instead of saying, hey, you have Hall of Fame talent, you know, in your secondary. How about you ride this out? It'd be like Pittsburgh saying, you know, Troy Palomalu was, was is great, but you know, let's figure out what this guy behind him has. This is not <laughs> right. Troy. Is this fair, Mark? I mean, I can see why he's frustrated, and and probably if you're Richard Sherman, I mean, you feel disrespected, and you don't. I, I think veteran players, you've heard this before, when they break, essentially break up a winning team, it, a lot of angst comes with it. But I don't think it's fair to say that 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 uh, Pete Carroll's anything but a top five NFL coach who essentially helped make Sherman's career and plenty of other players and took that team to multiple Super Bowls. I mean, if I, getting stale, getting tired of a coach's message probably happens to a lot of them, but Pete Carroll is more than just a college coach. I think it's a legitimate and fair criticism of sports executives and team builders. Going back to the 1860s and 70s, they always try to find the next big thing at the cost of what they have in house. It seems to be the nature of the position, and I I, I think that is fair. But eighteen sixties, do you you will read if you go back and read baseball history of owners from the eighteen sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties. That was a criticism back then that they were always willing to kind of overlook the veterans on their own team in search of the new next best. Thing. Does it marginalize what Pete Carroll has accomplished though in Seattle? <laughs> Wait a second, we can't skip over this. Wes, save it for the Civil War podcast. <laughs> like everything was a little different, you know, back before cars or like oh, they had electricity. It's like it's like the quote you read about Ty Cobb or or something where yeah. we had to pay this guy too much. Players are going to be running the game, you know. Well, we're always going to lose yeah. money. It's, it's how the NFL the is set forever. up, though, because right. I think that the Seahawks tried to straddle that line, and I think they held on to that group about as well or even more than than some teams were. It's just kind of with the salary cap and the way they drafted terribly for the past, right. what, three or four years. It's the way contracts are structured. I also do think there might be something to the the idea that Pete Carroll is a good builder, is a good teacher, that they're really good at teaching fundamentals and he has a lot of energy and that maybe he is a little better with a young group starting over. And like, that's that's not a, that's a great skill to have in well, the NFL. Right. That, that criticism. Pete Carroll uses philosophy and psychology more than most coaches. So I do think that's a fair criticism that maybe the message gets old. Right. Especially if you're over 30 and, and you're 10 multimillionaire. And my take on it is, Richard Sherman, there is something to, to be said for just turning the page. I mean, a fifth-round pick, Sherman got behind him, 
turned him into, uh, gave him the opportunity. He became a star. He became a multimillionaire. He was lionized in Seattle and by Pete Carroll for years. And then they decided to go in a different direction. Why do we now have to get into this, like, mudslinging? Right. And th- a lot of those players it, thrived in the culture that Carroll created that allowed them to be who they be were. themselves. Speak so out. Th- there's a po- you're right. It's just not all, it's not all negative. It's like he created what helped your career, and now you don't like the flip side of it. Okay. I, but I that know, said, this isn't that much of a criticism, I don't think. I don't no, think it's, it's I don't, like it's, beyond the pale. Why does it, it feels like it's just getting started, though. That it, would be my prediction. It might be his way of firing himself up a little, motivating and all that going into the season. I, and I know we're doing winners and losers a little later, but early winner. Uh, how about TD, our former podcast producer, who I've heard is the producer of the Tomahawk podcast. He is. And he produced, I guess, that clip that we just played on this podcast. Yeah. TD is back. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Landed okay. on his feet. TD's like, when was I gone? <laughs> he's been busy. He's been working. Very busy. No, I know. I just mean uh, he's back on this podcast. Oh, he's back here. Okay, yeah, yeah. Back I in the you. producing game. Uh, moving on. Ooh, talk about self-esteem that maybe needs a little pat on the old booty. Yeah, because you know what helps with that is phony public messages that you're going to go back on in a couple months. That, uh, referring back to Tyrod and the Browns. Sorry. This self-esteem <laughs> nonsense. Uh, Tavon Austin... A couple of years back, and one of the you know hindsight is twenty twenty, but in in that instance, everyone involved with the football cognoscenti was fully aware that that was a mistake to give Tavon Austin superstar wide receiver money. Well, the Rams got out and they said we're dumping Tavon Austin, and now it turns out they said actually after they lose uh, Sammy Watkins, let's just rip up that horrible, embarrassing contract for the organization and give you a nice one-year, $5 million deal, up to $8 million if he hits some benchmarks. So Tavon Austin, not gone. He's cool swallowing his pride and sticking around because maybe his market wasn't so hot as it turned out. Well, he didn't really have much of a choice here. He, I think the, the Rams were hoping to trade him and they didn't necessarily know how much cap room they were going to have. They're paying him $5 million guaranteed regardless because that was in his contract. So when he went to another team, they were still paying him that $5 million anyways. They couldn't find anything for him, and they had the idea maybe an offseason would help him, and they got him to take away the rest of the money in his contract and put it into per-game bonuses. So essentially, they really don't have any risk. They could still cut him in August and, and pay him that if they if they felt like it. And he thought... Maybe if, if ever there's a team I could do some things on, this Rams offense, with, especially without Watkins here, maybe I can do something. They got stuck. That contract. They need him to be a deep threat because they're going to miss Sammy Watkins' speed. But it, it's amazing to see guys like Tyreek Hill and Brandon Cooks, about the same size, about the same speed, can be very good deep threats, and Tavon Austin has never had that skill. And now a word from our sponsor. Dear human, are you stuck in a rut? Do you find yourself bored with life? Tired of yourself? Has your crankiness level been turned way up? Do you suddenly realize you've said too much in conversations, turned off your friends, agitated your coworkers? Do you awake in the pre-dawn hours to see your lover peering out the window, staring out at the city below and wondering what exists in the streets beyond? Who are you? How did you get here? Weren't you once a small child, filled with hope, free to dream? Who are you? Constantly jockeying for position, feeling the need to prove yourself, doing anything to shine, to stand out, any expense. What if you were to cast it all aside? Everything, everyone, starting over, crossing the sea to a new world, 
a new reality. Sign up for Mr. Flame's high school economics class in The Hague, the Netherlands, today. www.flameclass.com. Mr. F. Whoa, whoa. Can we get the breaking news drop? He's back. Mr. F is back? Spot reads here and there. I like it. Is that the first breaking news drop for an advertiser? I like this. That Mr. Is. F, not just your average advertiser. We are. Um, we work for the NFL. We're part of the machine. So yeah, maybe we do break in. We break in for advertiser talk. But you're right. Mr. Flame is not just any advertiser. No, no, he's not. He's a legend. Moving on, the Panthers are signing former Falcons defensive tackle Don Terry Poe, and uh, Poe becomes Carolina's instant replacement for star The Cardinals. Uh, signing Poe, three-year deal. Wow, they went from one of the hardest last names to pronounce to perhaps the easiest. <laughs> I wonder if that had anything to do with it. Three-year so. deal worth uh, between 9 and $10 million annually, according to Rapshi. Just 27 years old, Wes. Uh, this is pretty nice signing, right? They signed Poe, but it's never more for Bashad yes. Breeland. Yes. <laughs> well done. Well done. Bashad Breeland, the Panthers announced failed his physical and his contract is off ouch so the big cornerback that they picked up who greg and i both thought was a very good signing for them will not be playing in carolina Mm. i maybe believe this physical report versus the other one we discussed (laughs) this one oh about that it's interesting both the players are from the redskins that failed Mm. their their physicals i don't know what that means um i have probably nothing i have now two sources on the malady that ryan grant was Lay it on me. No, I'm waiting for my third. Oh, okay. <laughs> I triple source everything. You know that. I'll wait. So I'll let you, as soon as I get that triple source. Poe po is more <laughs> of a, a pass rusher. I like that he costs less than Star did. You just go first name with Star. Yeah. Star, lo, lo, let's just go Star. Star Le, I, broke the bank. Yeah, that was one of the contracts. Um, I think I'm doing a best worst contracts at some point. That, I'm putting that on the worst. It's too much for a guy who doesn't really make much of an impact. Don't want to be on that list. Basketball. For the guy who had a front row seat to K1 Short making all the plays. Right. That's what I'm saying. Uh, the Jaguars add another weapon for Blake Bortles. <laughs> Is okay. that the lead to the article? It feels like very leady. Uh, it's not. That was okay. not the lead to my article. No, I didn't. You want to know Wes's lead to the article? You, you guys are. Sure. Just by the tone of voice, you just heard the free agency frenzy ending. (laughs) That was it. Uh, Wes's lead. The Jaguars are fulfilling their plan to upgrade the talent surrounding quarterback Blake Bortles. Like that? Jacksonville has agreed to terms with former Jets tight end Austin Safarian Jenkins, ASJ. Two years, $10 million rap sheet reported. Uh, the Saints and Seahawks are also interested in Safarian Jenkins, who kind of cleaned up his life. He had a drinking problem. Uh... And uh, an alcoholic he was, and he got back on track. The Jets gave him a shot because they're a classy organization. He kind of reestablished himself as a young tight end that can make plays, kind of disappeared in the second half of the season, which is probably why he's not still on the Jets, but a guy that probably can make plays. If the quarterback can get him the ball, we'll see about that. Like Bortles. I was a little surprised at how much attention he was getting for a guy who averaged 7.1 yards per reception and to me, looked pretty slow with the ball in his hands. He does do some things. He's got good hands, can move the chains. Really good hands. You can use him in the red zone. Uh, DJ, Daniel Jeremiah, said he compared him to Mercedes Lewis coming out of college. 
and now he's going to learn from Mercedes Lewis, who doesn't move very well in his own self. One note on this. Do not, if you even think about it, Jaguars, do not cut my two favorite players on the team, Ben Koyak, and the day before St. Paddy's Day, you do not release James O'Shaughnessy. You can't, you can't release me, don't you understand? I can, I'm a move tight end. I can block, but I also i am a chess piece, don't you understand? I that think, might get him cut if that's how he's <laughs> addressing the team nonstop. I think I think they're in trouble because they signed Niles Paul, who also no, plays tight end. They're also visiting with Luke Wilson. They're just going all tight ends they don't all the time. I'd much rather have Safarian Jenkins at that price than Jimmy Graham at the price that he was. Oh, I couldn't disagree more. Give me a shot. That's all I ask for. <laughs> Always loved you. <laughs> The Jets lost Austin Safari and Jenkins, but they do keep Mo Claiborne. Uh, the cornerback signs a one-year, $7 million deal. Like this a lot. Uh, Claiborne, when healthy, which is always an issue with him, uh, is a guy that can take out uh, number one receivers on a good day. But now, because they signed Jermaine Johnson, you slide Claiborne to the number two guy. You roll him over there, which is a nice fit for him. You got the two young safeties, Wes. We talked about it on Wednesday. Really building this identity. You were a little bit on the fence about it, but they are building something, and they have a defensive-minded coach with secondary background. I really like what they're doing back there. Yeah, I do too on paper. The next step is to actually stop receivers. <laughs> well, yeah. But and get a pass rush. And get a pass they rush. Need they need a pass They rush. do, and I was going to ask you, if I know you think you have to go quarterback, Dan, at, at number six. What if there's a run on quarterbacks – yeah. And you have a choice between the third or fourth or fifth quarterback, or I'd say third or fourth, or Bradley Chubb. Right. I, I wonder if it, it very Jets-like move to no, they, pass on a quarterback and take him instead. It, I would be stunned if they didn't take Chubb if he was there and, let's say, three of the four quarter. Well, you don't know who they actually love. Uh, but if they are not in love with the guys that are left, Chubb makes all the sense in the world. They have not had a true pass rusher since John Abraham. That is forever. Uh, but the Jets are getting better in the back end of their defense. That's good. And uh, I would love Honey Badger there. Uh, they have Buster Screen uh, now who slides into a nickel corner role. But he's owed $7 million. They can get out of that deal. And you give oh, – imagine that. That's an identity, Wes. Now, now, I would be on board with that as their identity if they switched out Buster Screen for Honey Badger. Didn't they try to cre- have a nickname for their secondary or something last year? They stole the Cute Boys. The Cute Boys, it was. <laughs> uh, it was. Or did they? No, try they to no the Eagles no stole fine. their identity before turning before right, the Eagles tried decided to, to start angry. wearing dog masks. Anyone yes. else you'd like to pilfer from identity uh, thieves? Jamal Adams, who is one, of my, <laughs> is one of my favorite followers on social media, he's referring to the secondary as New Jack City, which I like. That's original. Well, it's it's a rule in the NFL. You cannot have a secondary without right. a nickname. The, Ram, the Rams need one. <laughs> the Ram, the, That's coming for the Rams. When you have Aqib Tlaib and Mark Peters together, what? you got to have one. If they get Honey Badger, they're New Jack City. All right. I'm on board. Okay, a lot, a lot riding on this. Yeah. And they did try to, or at least the Jets social media tried to get no fly zone going. Right, and, and that was the Broncos. Denver, Denver's one. like, what? Why would they even do that? I don't it, know. We can't come up with 32 original names for Well, the answer things? is it's a, it's a 23-year-old intern that has something that's trying to kill time in May. On Just the go story. back and look at <laughs> 80s sports posters, and you'll get all kinds of ideas for nicknames. Yes. That's true. <laughs> uh, moving on, Tyler Eifert is sticking around in Cincinnati. He signs a one-year deal, uh, max value of $8 million. This makes sense for player and team. Cincinnati keeps uh, a tight end with high upside. Eifert, still just 27 years old, uh, gets a chance to kind of reestablish his value after two years that have been wrecked by injury, Greg. 
they need Eifert to matter. Andy Dalton needs help to to be where he was a couple years ago. So they need Eifert. They need Cordy Glenn to be healthy and play well at left tackle, or else the Bengals are going to be fairly unwatchable again. Well, I've, they're on my radar in a good way for an offense that could bounce back yes. in a hurry. If Cordy Glenn is the guy the Bills thought they were signing a few years ago, yep. if he's that guy, John Ross, who won't get any hype because his rookie year was so disappointing, he could be a difference maker. Eifert, if healthy, is a difference maker. Joe Mixon's going to play better with an improved offensive line. I think they have he, a lot of Gio room. Gio is for, a great guy to have, I think, especially not as your starting yeah, Gio Bernard. There's a lot of room for improvement on this team. Uh, let's wrap it up with a little 8 o'clock delight. The Redskins re-signed Zach Brown, the linebacker, a deal three years, $24 million, number 19 on the top 101. Greg? I like him. I don't know. The Texans re-signed Jonathan Jones. I don't have much to say on him. I like Zach Brown. Yeah, yeah. That's a good I line. see you wearing a suit. Yeah, I figured you'd have something to say on everybody. <laughs> Texans cornerback Jonathan Joseph, he's sticking around in Houston. Uh, the cornerback signs a two-year deal. Uh, your thoughts, Mark Sessler? 33 years old. This secondary was hot garbage last year. It's a good thing they got Aaron Colvin. If he can help, they need more help. Uh, the Texans do lose C.J. Fedorowicz, the tight end who's dealt with concussions. He retires, uh, Wes, age 26. Four concussions over a calendar year from December 16 to December 17. Um, and the Texans have had – they've been obliterated by concussions at tight end. Steven Anderson had them in September last year. Brian Griffin, their backup tight end, his season ended in November due to concussions. It's a position they have to address. And finally, the Vikings made it official. I guess whatever restaurant they took Kirk Cousins to – was mm. appropriate. It was the Capitol Grill, the most generic steak place in the biz. <laughs> Give me a break. I mean, Capitol Grill's fine. Her cousins but did him a favor. Let's get some spice into this. Her cousins officially under contract. I mean, that is not the place you take a guy who doesn't want to eat steak. <laughs> I mean, he couldn't wait until the song was over. Okay, now you could say. What are you saying? I already said it. Okay. Uh, speaking of Kirk Cousins, this is what he said during his opening press conference today, uh, which kind of struck me as funny. You know, I look forward to playing here. As, you know, Rick said yesterday, you know, th- this is a lifetime deal. No, it's not. Just want to add that. Can Just I, so you know. Can I take exception with this notion that Kirk Cousins is some mercenary who will always take the highest money? It goes against every stated fact from his relationship with the Redskins and what everyone expected him to do. He had a chance to draw in three teams and raise his price tag, and he didn't do it. Well, he went to the team that he thought had the best chance to win. Uh, he was committed to the Redskins. They were not committed to him. He would have signed if they wouldn't have, if they wouldn't have kind of dilly-dallied for two years and tried to figure out who he was. I think Kirk Cousins, is, he's made it clear that he's not about the money, and I think his actions have shown that. Jets offered more, so that tells you that right there. That well, I hope, I hope for his case, though, and his kids, that it's not a lifetime contract because we want Kirk to be alive more than three years. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's, Just, I mean, that's, uh, you're right. Let, let's keep Cousins alive for <laughs> another 50 years or so. Ian Rappaport. 60 even. Seventy is a little much. <laughs> Tom Pelissero, who's been on the Cousins beat this week, gave gave some news which I had not heard uh, until today about how the contracts all played out. Their agent, Wes, and you're right, they could have tried to make it bigger and bigger. They basically said, "Give us your best offers right off the top," and they got three offers from one from the Cardinals, one from the Jets, one from the Vikings. It's believed that the Jets did have the highest offer, but it was structured a little different. The Cardinals. 
were in the same ballpark of the Vikings, but that basically they were all very similar contract offers. There wasn't one team that went crazy, blowing out of the water. I think it was pretty similar in terms of guarantee. His agent said... And he he chose, and he decided to choose the Vikings. His agent made it clear that it wasn't even close to the best offer. He put that out yesterday, and... Well, that, he has self-interest to do that. I, I definitely trust Tom more. Okay, but a but mercenary is, would be you'd go sign with a garbage team right. for more money, and he, that's clearly not what he's And keep about. playing that game of like, okay, this guy, yeah, you know, go A mercenary would incite a bidding war, and he did the opposite of inciting a bidding war. Yeah. I think he did okay, no matter what, though. Yes. I, so I don't want to give too much credit for being like the saint that... No, but I'm not wet. saying the saint. I'm saying the speculation or the discussion is dramatically misinformed on this issue. And to your point where DeMarco Murray hit free agency in the open market at the wrong time over and over and paid for it. Kirk Cousins, in a very unusual situation, could not have timed this any better. Now, he probably would have rather have signed a long-term deal with the Redskins years ago. They handled that so poorly that here you go. He got paid. I mean, in Mercenary is unfair to any professional athlete where that it's so tilted in fate in favor of the owners and and the team Stop. it, it is you're in, talking in about football. guys getting paid 20 million dollars no, i get it a pig but, skin around. but you can't be on the same side that says <laughs> great value great great deal and then blame a player for doing the same and in, in trying to get the best um deal. let's do some winners and losers since we're on the topic i'll throw out a, a winner for me and it is uh franchise quarterbacks there is this idea and i i get it that this this fully guaranteed Kirk Cousin contract won't really change anything because this was a specific instance and, and all that. However, uh, don't be surprised. I like when Aaron Rodgers' deal comes up, or when the next when Sam Darnold's deal, if he's a star, comes up. If they if they rather do something like this, where you play out your rookie deal, you get a max uh, franchise tag two years in a row, and then sign the three year deal because not only do you make a, a maximum amount of money there, then you hit free agency again when you're in your late twenties, uh, potentially. What you're seeing with some of these guys like Trumaine Johnson, uh, I think that uh, this was a big uh, deal. This fully guaranteed contract, and I do think it will have an effect, and people will look back at it as a game changer for the guys that have the most leverage, which is the franchise quarterback. They start; they will, they're going to start dictating terms and changing the game because of what Cousins did. I hear you. I got a loser, and this got hammered on NFL Network yesterday, so I'm almost a little bored by it. But I, but it does stand out to me because it was a team with a lot of cap room and a lot of distinct needs, and I thought the Colts would be more active. I thought they would they would have found a way to lure more people to that organization, and they really they added I think one defensive end who is relatively in the no-name category, so they got a lot to do in the draft. Why would you want to go there if you're an offensive player and the franchise quarterback is just a complete mystery? If I'm a wide receiver, if I'm... I That was a bit of a gamble, but if he's healthy, you also... I mean, I, they, they, half of their needs to me came on defense. I mean, you, they just... They, they let some people walk out, and they didn't get much back in return. Wes? Loser, John Elway. I I mentioned this on our last podcast, but they're in a Super Bowl window. And, Dan, your point about franchise quarterbacks, their value is beyond calculable in today's NFL. The only thing that matters is whether you're the answer or not when you're talking about team team building. That's why Kirk Cousins is so much more valuable than Case Keenum. He's done this for three years. We know he's the answer. We don't know if Case Keenum's the answer. He's a mystery. And all of your – Nucleus players spent the last three months working themselves into a fervor over Kirk Cousins. You heard Von Miller say it. You heard Brandon Marshall say it. You heard their defensive back say it. We want Kirk Cousins. And then you go out and get Case Keenum, a guy who, to me, 
is so dependent on what's around him, he's not going to lift anyone higher. It felt like a spin by Elway when he came out and said this week, we got our guy, because we all know what you really wanted. And you got the guy that is, frankly, unproven beyond one magic uh, three-month stretch. You got another guy. And you didn't get Tyrod either, who who was reported they also might have wanted. I'll give wide receivers as a as a winner in general because this is a position that's been relatively underpaid compared to linemen in in previous years but wide receivers got paid wide receivers coming off bad years or injured years got paid Allen Robinson and Sammy Watkins got paid full price despite red flags which means the the legit number 1 receivers out there like AJ Green or Antonio Brown when they do deals like they are going to go way on top of them and then even the secondary receivers i mean Taylor Gabriel i like Taylor Gabriel but he got 14 million guaranteed he's never had more than 650 yards he he is by definition a role player Paul Richardson has less career yards than Eric Ebron and he got paid big time money Marquise Lee has had an up and down career he got paid big time money i'm not even saying that these are bad signings but just the whole wide receiver market kind of went up and and that's going to have repercussions when legit top 20 top 25 receivers start you know getting new contracts do you think this is because general managers are not as confident about drafting wide receivers mm. and getting an immediate the, the record of recent first round wide receivers is not good and this draft class is not supposed to be that that great at wide receiver. Yeah, I think I think that's a great point, and it explains it. And and that they were the it was one of the positions that was just out there and deep. So the teams wanted to spend it on someone. One more quick winner loser. I'll start the Chicago Bears fans. Yes, finally that team has a little juice to them. I think they're doing a nice job copying the Rams model and bringing in some talent around Mitch Trubisky. Now we just got to find out if that kid can play. Can that dog hunt? I'll give you a winner. I think Brandon being the Bills GM, they have not had a quarterback since Jim Kelly, essentially. And you have, over the course of two offseasons, given yourself with your draft hall a chance. And I, I don't question at all that this is their strategy to get into the top five and get the quarterback of your choice. And you can change that organization to be the guy that changed it for the next 10 Potential plus winners. Years. They need to find somebody that will trade. They with do, them. but they put but themselves in a position for They've it. They've telegraphed it, whether that's good or bad. You know what they're trying to do. I would make AJ McCarron a loser though, because I think if Sam Bradford didn't, you know, if Sam Bradford ends up getting twenty million, fifteen million, I think McCarron was hopeful to be one of those five quarterbacks that kind of filled the slot, and he got mid to low level backup money, two years, ten million, which makes all the sense in the world for Buffalo. But if you're AJ McCarron, now you're going to deal with a rookie. It's like Brian Dable is a brand new offensive coordinator. I don't know if he's really set up for success. Wes. Piggybacking off your Bears point. Mitch Trubisky and Patrick Holmes, to me, are the biggest winners of free agency. And in Trubisky's case, he looks so much like a candidate to pull a Jared Goff with, from the new head coach to the surrounding talent. To There's so many similarities there. Patrick Mahomes, their GM, has already come out and said, this guy's one of the best players I've ever seen. Then they traded an MVP candidate to open up a space for him, went out and got Sammy Watkins for him. Uh, to me, this, this is... They're, they're making Patrick Mahomes like the centerpiece of their franchise. Uh, and piggybacking off of Mark, I think the Bills, okay, that's a winner. But the Giants and Colts with those two draft picks and so many teams still needing quarterbacks, they're winners too. They're mm. going to get a lot of big yeah. – yeah, people absolutely. are going to want to trade up for quarterbacks now. So, uh, subscribe to the Around the NFL podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. A little Google Play pop in a big spot. And you can check us out on Spotify. You can get us there now as well. Also, leave us a review if you'd like. Uh, five stars, it makes a difference. It helps. Leave it even if you don't like to. Just suck it up. 
Wow. All right. Do it. Challenge to the audience. Okay. I like that. Could backfire. Uh, And don't forget the Around the NFL subreddit uh, is alive and well. It's it's, it's approaching 10,000 members. I popped in there the other day to just see what was going on. There was over 400 people in the room at that moment. Very active room. Pretty amazing. Uh, So that is one of uh, uh, the great... um, Aspects of our show is our fans and how passionate they are. So join the subreddit if you haven't and get involved because the heroes do lurk. I would take that subreddit room over the Football Club of America or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Football Writers of America. The little handsome boys. Uh, no confirmation room. we'd be allowed in the, uh, in, the, in the subreddit room either. Yeah. I, I'm not going to assume anything at this point. I think it's pretty safe to assume that we, we would be allowed in that room. Not going to assume it. <laughs> All right. That's it. This is Dan Hansen signing off for a quiet storm. The mailman. The old boss, Miss Moneybags behind the glass. I haven't seen a dime yet. Lindsay Fulton behind the glass. Till Monday. You go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the irish spring your day immediately gets better that crisp fresh unmistakable irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses so when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it irish spring body wash and bar soap fresh green irish shop now at a store near you Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.